And so I would conceivably, under the system, be able to, like, trade my baby allotment away for, like, money, maybe? You got it. The free market. The free market. So I could give away. Of that free market. And then when I've given it away, that's it. Would you, if like, you that's only had it. One. Like, if I met a partner later on, that would be it. I couldn't, I'd already given away my license to procreate. Uh, okay, let's kind say of. right now, it, you, we're living under baby cap and trade, and you have two, like, baby vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and they go for, like, uh, 50K. Would mm-hmm. you sell them? Um, no. I don't think so. Would you get? I don't think so. I don't know what it would mean, really. Well, like, okay, depending on the market for babies, like, you could potentially sell your baby voucher now at a higher price than you could buy one for later. So we got to talk about the baby futures expectations. Oh, you can buy them back. The children themselves or the vouchers? Well, I think I could convince myself that, like, I don't need to bring a child into this fucked up baby cap-and-trade society. And so maybe I wouldn't care about giving it away because I'm like, I'm not changing the system by adding one more baby. But maybe that would be too horrible. I I couldn't handle it. Think about it. You might actually have have an attachment to the child. You should factor that into it. <laughs> the moral quandaries of baby cap and trade could not seem more capitalist in its most platonic form. Uh, and today on Affluenza, we'll ask the question, status quo adoption, is it really that different from baby cap and trade? <laughs> oh my rich Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> um, yeah, by that, I mean kind of that the way that adoption is structured is really capitalist and that people at some level are really paying for children, even though we don't formalize it in terms of like vouchers or a, you know, a restricted policy oh, like hell yeah. China might have, for hell example. Yeah. China. So it's built into adoption law, though. Yeah. Is what you're saying? No, not necessarily, but the it, there are parts of adoption that are dictated by the marketplace. Like, one thing I'm interested in looking into is the difference in how much it costs to adopt, like, a child from certain places. Like, is it easier to yeah. get a Ukrainian baby than oh. a Chinese baby? You know, what I, you know what I want to know it, along that same line is, is there, like, a website where they post, like, how beautiful the babies currently are in different countries to be like, hey, like, what's the most beautiful place to, like, get a baby in the countries that we've identified, the Ukraine, yeah, <clears throat> China, I don't, I don't know. I think some African countries. Yeah, there's there certain, are like really there, specific laws on yeah. how like adopted babies can be exported. It's a very, very strange system that like is built around allowing for it. 
Imagine... You know what's interesting to me, actually? So, I you, let's say you could... Let's say that you could... Just from, like, a human experience, like, uh, perspective. Let's say that... But you're right, that is maybe we, happened. <coughs> we would pay basically. for... We would pay, like... Uh, uh, thirty thousand dollars from a for a baby from Angola or something like that. Now I'm not saying that like all that money's going to go to the mom, but maybe ten thousand or something does. Like, um, if we could, if Americans could like adopt their baby away, if they knew they were going to like have a baby and then they could like adopt it away, and get like fifty thousand dollars for it, or like work with some agency and get like. The equivalent here of maybe even like a hundred thousand, like in like per- purchasing power parity, we were the country where like another country that was much wealthier than us wanted our babies real bad. They want our society's babies in particular. I don't know why, but they do. Like it's such an interesting thing to think that like my friends, not some like African moms in Angola, but like my friends, right, would be like the ones doing that, right, and that's like. The whole, that's a, it's so fucking weird to think that in the world, there are people, there are like, economics that are exerting forces upon an incredibly private, and, uh, I don't know what you'd say, human? Uh, it's just, I just, the fact that like, I don't know, international exchange or something would be like putting its grimy fingers into that. It just drives me fucking wild, man. Well, that's why for me it's really difficult sometimes to see how people who get really deep into their conservative logical thinking that comes from their religious upbringing that I share with them would somehow lead them to hold the opinions of someone like Ben Shapiro or like any number of like horrible online right-wing pundits who just like definitely spent the last few years listening to Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It also reminds me like it's an example. I don't know if you guys ever like gone abroad. Now, this happens to me a lot going the times I've gone abroad as being someone from America. There's so many like countries that have such more intense experiences and opinions about America than I do of that country. So I went to Egypt, and like almost every Egyptian has a strong opinion about American politics, and I don't have any opinion about Egyptian politics, right? And like I went, I went to Colombia, and like someone before going to Colombia, I didn't have like a lot of opinions about the politics there, but they had a lot of opinions about America because we're so big, right? And we just influence everything, and so. It's this like sort of weird, it's like, this is just like one example of that, where like, our lives are determined so much by the fact that America is so fucking rich and powerful, <clears throat> globally. Like, that's the sort of international ecosystem in which we swim, um, and it makes us so privileged, inter- like, internationally, in ways that like, I don't know, as someone who was, like, traveling, it was literally, like, someone would be like, oh, your secretary of state, you know, did this one thing and it made our whole country better. And I never even fucking heard of that secretary of state or something. Like, because it's almost like we're the elephant. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're the elephant. And when we move our trunk a certain way, when we, like, put our foot a certain way, 
it completely fucking changes an entire society and like all Americans don't even notice. We have no idea. Well, no, it's not that. It's also just fucking propaganda that makes it outside of the US. Like the US is a fucking international propaganda machine. It's not just propaganda like you know what I'm saying? Like they they control how the US military is perceived in movies, man. Like they take objectionable oh, shit yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. We we have the megaphone. Uh, we hold on to the megaphone. So too. I want to read from an article called "Let's Try Cap and Trade on Babies" by oh, yeah. Emily Badger, who published this in the Pacific Standard in 2009. But she is a columnist for the New York Times now and is also written for the Post. Uh, she talks about climate change, which is a very real threat, as we all agree. Yes, yes, climate change, yes. real and anthropogenic. <clears throat> yep, we yep. all on the same page about that. Yeah. Uh. Pretty freaked out about it. <laughs> she says. A couple of mental roadblocks emerge uh, in discussing climate change. Central among them, the sentiment that, well, there are just too many people on the planet, so what are we supposed to do about it? Any answer trips up against the politically touchy topic of family planning, a distinctly different concept, <laughs> reproductive health advocate stress, from population control. So she's trying to make a distinction between family planning and population control in an article called Let's Try Baby Cap and Trade. Uh, so that's pretty cool. She stresses that it's oh, wait not. family planning. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> like Planned Parenthood family planning, which we're all pro. Like yes, let's uh, fund Planned Parenthood. Let's give people access to reproductive yeah. health care yeah. and enable them to do family planning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus what exactly? Versus uh, baby vouchers. I'm I'm trying, and I'm like, it's like funny because I'm like trying to figure out how it's not just a rhetorical difference like between you know what i mean the subhead of the article is population growth is the real driver for higher greenhouse gas emissions so why don't more mainstream solutions start there oh yeah so i I think i read some of this article and i was like wow that is an intense level of like This Mental is... gymnastics, the cognitive dissonance, a little mixed in, doesn't care about humanity. It's 1,000% symptomatic of neoliberalist ideology as it soaks into the way that we view families in society. Because it individualizes our responsibility for climate change at the level of social control as opposed to oh i don't know like exxon fucking mobile or something like that who's the real driver of carbon emissions rather to rather than your individual choice rather not to have a child and if you don't want to have a child because you're worried about the world reasonable but if you don't want to have a child because you feel guilty about climate change uh reassess who is really driving that here yeah like can we stop deregulating corporate lobbying (laughs) (laughs) like it'd be nice if we didn't slide further into they literally have all of the power yeah can we have a morsel of reform please (laughs) yeah Yeah, no, I, I don't, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's why that's such a goofy, I mean, I don't know. The, the person writing that obviously didn't think it was goofy, I guess. That's why they, that's why they wrote it. Uh, she suggested as a, quote, mainstream solution yeah. to 
to climate change. So yeah. you're the one entering in that discourse. So let's not make apologetics yeah. for what you scare quote population control. Yeah. You're the one who yeah. requires the scare quotes. It, it The way she writes it is almost like it's a goof, right? Like, I think that's why Wes said that. Like, well, and I, it reminds <laughs> me actually like, I mean. The, like she's fucking this... trolling people who care about the environment. Right. Uh, a bit by being this like brazen. I don't know about about what. What do you mean? Like she doesn't give a fuck about the environment. And also say what you mean, which is that poor people shouldn't have babies. Like, come on. The real issue that people are getting at when they. Why don't get... yeah? Why don't you think she cares about the environment? I'm sure she does care about the environment, but it's used so often as a pretext for population there's, control there's, in these instances. Like when, yeah. like, uh, there are misanthropic people who care about the environment. Lots of them. Well, I was just going to you know raise I mean? as an example, like uh, when you know abortion and Planned Parenthood were coming up, and you know uh, there was really racist discourse surrounding that about population control and the need yep. to uh, <clears throat> I remember that like a healthy biopolitic and there are although not explicit there are undertones of that in this article yeah I that it, everything about that gives me the heebie-jeebies the uh, <laughs> the population like anything where it's like population control this and that because I agree for the reason that you said, Sarah. That's the that's the reason I think is because it's like, it's it and this person. The thing you said is the is the vision, of this uh, of this person. They don't think, like you like look at my guess my like the, the thinking error that I think, I imagine her making, would be like, um, well this is never going to change or it shouldn't change. Like, the thing that's actually driving the thing she's talking about either can't change or shouldn't change, right? It has to be one of those two. It, like, the corporate power. Like, the like for some reason, she's like, she's like, well, that either is just a feature of reality, which we're always going to have, or that's a good. Or I, like, actively like it. Yeah, and I, I think that and the it's, problem with her thinking is that she's been trained to resolve social problems by looking at where uh, marginal cost meets supply on a curve instead of <laughs> like, asking what people's material needs are. And that's something that, as someone with a degree yeah. in economics, I see all over the place in discourse. It's not like inevitable to like start thinking like a social engineer when you like uh, study in graduate school, is it? <laughs> well, I think it's just you <laughs> that's kind to... of a like different track almost entirely. But yeah, I'm I mean, curious about that sometimes. I think it's like it's un- incumbent on us to be honest about what the motivations are when people fully embrace capitalism how it works out on an individual level. And then, like, you don't have to hold people culpable on an individual level for all the fucked upness of capitalism, but you do have to want to change it, and that involves analyzing it and the way that it motivates people to do fucking shitty things. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. I certainly don't think that you have to go to grad school to, like, recognize that people's motives are suspect. And that's something I would like to do as part of this project, is highlight the times of where people's motives are suspect. <laughs> yeah. In conclusion, don't trust these hoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they ain't loyal. I wasn't born last night. I know these hoes ain't right. But you was blowing up her phone last night. But she ain't have a ring or not her ring on last night. Ooh, nigga, that's that nerve. Why give a bitch a heart when she rather have a purse? Why give a bitch an inch when she rather have nine? You know how the game goes. She be mine by halftime. I'm the shit. Ooh, nigga, that's that nerve. You all about her and she all about hers.